How are we doing? Great. Um, let's uh, jump into Matthew 6 together. Matthew 6, and we'll also jump into Matthew 7. So we'll read Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 to 8, and then Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11. Uh, once you're there, let's get up together. Um, also, if you don't want to turn there, it's going to be up here on the screens with us. Just want to give you your monthly reminder. I'm not having us stand because I like seeing you stand. Uh, I want us to constantly remind ourselves that God speaks through the scripture. And, and when we hear the scripture read, what we're hearing is the word of God to us. So we're, we're standing to say this is the word of God. Um, so today we're going to start a three week series called It's More Than Me. It's more than me. And the, the th- idea behind that is one of the things I've learned is that you'll pray from a place of rest. You'll, you'll, you'll pray more. You'll be more confident in prayer. You'll probably pray um, bigger things when you realize that prayer is more than me. It's not just about you. It's not just about your words. It's not just about your ideas. It's not just about your, your, your passion of how you speak in prayer, the Father's involved in prayer, and, and the Son's involved in prayer, and the Spirit's involved in prayer, and what God's doing in prayer means way more than what we're doing in prayer. So when we realize that it's more than me, it gives a healthier shape to our prayer life. So what I want to do today is start talking about what the Father's doing during prayer. So Matthew chapter 6, this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where he's laying out the ground rules for his people. And starting in verse 7, he says, And when you pray... Don't heap up phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. Um, Underline this if you write in your Bible. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Then we're going to move over to Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11. Jesus, he talks about a few things and he comes back to prayer and he says, Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. Or which one of you, if his sons ask for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things? Luke chapter 11 says, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Father, we thank you for your word. Open our eyes to who you are. Speak to our hearts. Uh, together we want to grow in faith. We want to grow in love. We want to grow in knowing you. So help us, Father. Amen. Now you can, you can have a seat. So I'm, um, the, I'm the oldest of seven siblings. Um, I want to tell you all about my little brother, Jaden. Jaden turns 15 at the end of this month. And that dude is dangerous. Um, uh, one of the things that makes him dangerous is he's starting to develop interests that cost a whole lot of money. Um, the next thing that added on to that is my mother got him a cell phone um, with FaceTime. Um, add on top of that, Jaden knows who to go to when he wants something. Uh, he'll come to me weekly asking for stuff. And this dude, he's different than me because I used to come periodically and strategically and at what I thought were the perfect times. I'd I'd wait for certain holidays to go to my grandmother or my mother. I'd wait until I got a good grade on a test to go to my grandmother or my mother. I'd wait till their birthday to go to him and ask him for something. I, I'd go at the times that they were happy. But this dude, Jaden, weekly, he's FaceTiming me. Weekly, he's calling me. Weekly, he's coming to me asking for something. This dude comes often. Uh, add on top of that, 
he, he's real simple. So, so I used to, I used to ask and butter you up. Uh, I, I'd go up to my grandmother and I'd sit down next to her and I'd be like, I love you, grandma. Uh, can I have something? Um, uh, hey, how was your day? Tell me about work. Tell me about this thing you're interested in. I don't care anything about it, but I know you care about it. So if I get you talking about something you care about, that might butter you up a little bit. Here, here's a precursor to me being a preacher. I used to come to her with three-point sermons, slideshows, speeches for why it's a good idea for her to buy me the thing I wanted her to buy me. What this dude, Jaden? Oh, he's simple. He, he'll FaceTime me. He won't even say hi. He'll just say, Jerron, I need a phone. Jerron, uh, give me $25. Uh, Jerron, help me buy a car next year. Jerron, I need to, he keeps it real simple. Jaden comes often and he keeps it real simple. If y'all were to ask me, Jerron, based on what Jesus says, who the father is and what Jesus says the father does in prayer, how should I pray? And I'd say, just like Jaden, come often and keep it simple. It's debatable whether I'm a good brother, but it's an absolute undeniable fact that the father is a good father. Therefore, come often and keep it simple. We, we come often, we come as often as we can because the father, he's got a big heart for us. He's inviting to us. He's, he's welcoming uh, to us. He's, he's good to us. We, we keep it simple because he's got a big mind. We don't have to inform the father of anything. We, we don't have to coerce the father of anything. We don't have to convince the father of anything. So, so keep it simple. Come often and keep it simple. Uh, that, that, that's the what. That, that's what we should do based on who the father is. I want to spend the rest of our time together, maybe about an hour or two hours, um, talking about giving four specific reasons on why we should come often and keep it simple. Four, four things that the Father's doing that, that, that motivates us to come often and keep it simple. Um, here's the first one. Write this down. Come often and keep it simple because it's the Father who's receiving and responding to prayers. Jesus, he he constantly took his disciples to school on prayer and he constantly taught them about prayer. And in all of these teaching sessions, there's one theme, the father. Uh, We just heard him say in this one session, your father knows what you need. We we also heard him say, your father gives good gifts. Um, A little bit later in one of the most famous prayers, he says, pray this way, our father. In his last teaching on prayer, he tells his disciples, you're not going to ask me for anything. No, you're going to ask the Father. J- Jesus gives us clarity on this conversation called prayer, and he says, it's the Father that you're talking to. The Son and the Spirit, they're listening, but the Father's the one who's receiving and responding. The Father's even receiving and responding to the Spirit and the Son. Hebrews 7 says the Son right now lives to intercede, to pray for all of us. Who's listening to him? The Father. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 8 says when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit helps us in our weakness and prays for us. Who's listening to him? The Father. The, the Father's receiving and responding to the prayers of the Son, the Spirit, and his people. I want you to see prayer as a conversation. You're, you're coming to the Father's table to talk to him. He's saying, take a seat and let's talk. The Son has a seat over here. The Spirit has a seat over here. Prayer is a conversation with the Father. Listen, listen, you don't pray because it's a task to check off the list that makes you a good Christian. You're praying because it's a conversation with your father. You don't pray because this is a self-care ritual that'll calm you down. No, you pray because this is a conversation with your father. You're not praying, hoping this is some divine lottery system and hoping some cosmic creator catches it and gives you what you're asking for. This is a conversation with your father. And I know you can't see him, but it's real. 
This is just as real as me sitting up here talking to you right now. This is just as real as you sitting across the dinner table from somebody. This is a real conversation with your father. No one talked about prayer like Jesus talked about prayer. Way back then, some people said you're praying to a powerful person. Some people said you're praying to a powerful force. Only Jesus hops on the scene saying that powerful person is your father. Uh, Pope Francis says a father is, isn't is someone who just births a child. A father is anyone who's taken the responsibility to care for the life of a child. Jesus says, I call him your father because he's chosen to care for you. Um, Will, 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 in West Philadelphia, he was born and raised. Um, on the playgrounds where he spent most of his days, chilling out, maxing out, relaxing, all cool. I can keep going if you want. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, Five verses later, Will ends up becoming the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Will pulls into Cali, and, and Phil was a father to Will for six TV seasons. For, for six TV seasons, Uncle Phil, who didn't birth Will, gave Will a place to stay. Uncle Phil fed Will. Uncle Phil sat Will down and had conversations with him that contributed to his development and to the man he was supposed to be. Phil didn't birth Will, but Phil fathered Will because he was committed to caring for Will. I know Michael Jackson said it so beautiful. We are the world. We are the children. As if we're all children because God created us. Scripture knows no such thing. Uh, Scripture says the father isn't your father because he created you. The father is your father because he's chosen to care for you. So so, so let's pause for the cause real quick. I want to make sure we're not living a lie. Come, Come here, church kids. Those of us who've grown up in and around church. It's easy for us when we're born into a family that goes to church and we're born into a region, the Midwest, called the Bible Belt, where we say we're all Christian culture and we were born in a country that's historically accepted Christianity. It's easy to be born into these things and live based off the assumption that God's our father just because we were born into this. God's not your father because you were born into these things. God's your father because he cares for you. Here, here's the thing. Scripture says, no, you're not born children of God. In fact, you're born enemies of God. And, but, but the son of God came, died to make peace with us and the father and those who believe in the son. This is first John chapter one. Those who believe in the son receive the right to become children. The children of God are those who believe in the son. And that's when you're praying to our father. So, so, so what am I saying? Those of us who haven't believed, believe. Uh, here it goes. Be like Bennett and believe in Jesus. We just saw Bennett be baptized because he heard that Jesus came and died for us and he believed. And now that Bennett believed, God has become his father and he's praying to his father every time he opens up his mouth. Amen. Believe. Those of us who have believed, listen to me. This is no light thing. This is a privilege. Yeah. Don't everybody get to pray to their father. It's a privilege to get down on my knees and it's my father who's listening. It's a privilege to be responded to by my father. It's a privilege to know that my father's caring for me and he's the one I'm praying to. This is a privilege that we're praying to our father and he's the one receiving and responding. So why do I come off and keep it simple? Because my father is receiving and responding. Um, here's the second one. Come often and keep it simple because while you're praying, the father's already knowing. Um, it's 2020, 2021. So, um, one of the most important parts of the romance that my wife and I share together is that we share funny pictures with each other that we see on the internet. 
Um, daily, we'll see something funny and either text to each other or we'll unload it on each other when we get home. Uh, not too long ago, I saw this picture that I was like, this is going to rock Chelsea's world. Going to change her whole life. So I'm running across the house, ready to show her, babe, 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 look at this, look at this. Ain't this great, babe, look at this. And you know what this beloved child of God says to me? She looks at me and she says, I already saw it. Because <laughs> apparently... At some point that day, while she was supposed to be at work, she was scrolling on Facebook looking at funny pictures. And by the time I got to her, she says, I already saw it. I want you to know when you're running to God with a prayer request, thinking you're informing him of something, he already saw it. This is the father's foreknowledge. It's foreknow, know before. He, he had a previous perception of something. Therefore, he has a present awareness of that thing. When you come to the father, he already saw it. I called David and said, David, give me a better picture of this. David said, Jerron, remember Psalm 139, where I said, God, my whole life was written in your book. And and every day you saw before a single one had passed, before you were born, the father saw your whole life. He saw every need and he knows what you need. He already saw it. This is why Jesus says, don't come to God babbling. Don't come to him saying a bunch of stuff, thinking that's going to convince him. No, he already saw it. It's good to know that my father already saw it. And it's good to know that the, the one who already saw it is a father to me. Uh, there's a video that some psychologists have put out where they'll, um, they, they do this study and they'll have people lay in the street of like New York or LA, a big city, lay them in the street, um, where they know people will pass by them and see how the people who pass by them react. Um, so, so they put a dude out there and he's on the ground acting hurt and you know, half dead. And he's, ah, I'm hurt. Help. I need you. And, and, and dozens of people look at that dude and just keep on walking. And so they were like, well, may, maybe, maybe it was cause he was a dude. So they put a woman out there and she's, ah, help. I need you. I'm hurting. Dozens of people see her and keep on walking. And they, they called it the bystander effect. And, and everyone who, who saw that that person had a need and kept going, they said, y'all are bystanders. I want you to know that your father is a father, not a bystander. He, he saw your need way back when, and he decided to do something about it way back then. This isn't just a father who sees it and does nothing. This is a father who sees it and decides to do something about it. Um, last month, my expedition died on me. Um, so immediately I had to go into a car search the week before Christmas, might I add. Um, except, uh, December 21st, actually, the week of Christmas. Um, so my car dies on me, and immediately my wife and I, we have to, we have to get on the car search. Uh, a week prior to that, my, father, my wife got an unexpected bonus at work. As I'm on the car lot looking at cars, I call a friend to have him come help me look at cars. And he says, well, Jerron, we were thinking about doing something for you and Chelsea for Christmas, and we didn't know what to do, so we decided to give you money. So here's some money to help you pay for that car. I went to bed that night, and it clicked. And I thought, Father, you knew my car was going to break down before I ever knew it was going to break down. And before I even asked you for something, you had already prepared provision for it. What I'm telling you is the father sees it before he decides to do something before. And before you ask, he's got provision prepared for it. So if you haven't caught on yet, what I'm telling you is that you've been relieved of the pressure to perform in prayer because he already saw it. You don't got to convince him of anything. 
You don't have to try to coerce him for anything. No, no, he's a good father. He saw it. See, here's what I've learned. I pray about something when I'm aware of a need. I don't pray about something I don't know I need. I pray about something when I'm convinced it's a legitimate need. I'm not praying for somebody to tint my windows. That's not a legitimate need. I pray about something when I realize it's a need that I can't meet by myself. I didn't pray that God would drive me to church this morning, but I pray for something that I know I can't do by myself. Those things have to happen by the time I come to the Father. And what Jesus is saying, before you know it's a need, before you know it's a legitimate need, before you come to the realization that you need God to meet that need, he's already knowing of it. The Father already saw it. This is the father who in Exodus chapter three, he he said, I've seen the afflictions of my people in Israel. I've seen that they need me to bring them out. And for 40 years, I've been preparing Moses. This is the father in Revelation chapter 13, where he says Jesus was slain before the foundations of the world. What's that mean? Before the world was created, before we ever sinned, the father had already prepared the son as a sacrifice. He, He already saw it. So so what's the second reason? While while we're praying, he's already knowing. That's why we should come often and keep it simple. Here's a third one. Um, Come often and keep it simple because the Father responds to prayers with good. The Father responds to prayers with good. Jesus, he says, ask, seek, knock. You look close enough, you'll realize that Jesus didn't put a time limit or an amount on that. He didn't say, ask this many times, seek for this long. He just says, keep doing it, always. Why, Jesus? Because those who ask will receive. Those who who seek will find. Those who knock, it'll be open to them. I think I've told you before that when the scripture points to man's passivity, it's pointing to God's activity. So, So our passivity is that it's given to us. That's God's activity of giving it to us. Our passivity is that the door is open to us. That's God's activity of opening the door. What Jesus is saying is the Father responds to your request. Um, can I tell you about my favorite restaurant in Joplin? Uh, CC's Pizza. Um, she's had my heart since I was about five years old. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'll walk into CC's or you'll walk into CC's on any given day. And you'll see somebody go up to that counter and be like, I want a pineapple and ham cheese with anchovies on it. Fifteen minutes later, someone says, here's pineapple and ham and cheese and anchovies. You'll see somebody say, I want a pizza with no cheese. Just give me the bread and the sauce. And you'll see somebody 15 minutes later with their bread and sauce. But you can walk your happy self into CC's, want a pepperoni pizza, sit down and not get it. Why? Because you didn't ask for it. CC's works on a you get what you ask for basis. Uh, uh, Jesus' brother J- James said, you have not. Why? Because C- you ask not. You, you get what you ask for. This is why we pray often. This is why we come often because the prayer full receive more than the prayer less. There are things that the Father gives to all people like breath. There are things that God's only going to give to praying people. Why? Why? John Stott says because he waits until we show him that we're ready to receive it. And that's by prayer. But because when we pray, we're saying, Father, I'm depending on you. Father, I'm going to give glory to you. Father, I'm looking to you. And when we do that, that's when the father says, oh, you're ready for it then here. So, So we come often. 
The Father doesn't give just anything and everything you ask for. He gives you a good thing when you ask. That's why Jesus says, which one of y'all who, if you ask your child, if your child asks for uh, uh, some bread, you'll give him a stone, which is useless. Or if he asks for some fish, you'll give him a snake, which is harmful. He says, no, 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 no. If y'all who are evil, and you are, humans are sinful, humans are selfish, humans are stupid. Y'all who are sinful, selfish, and stupid are, are capable of giving your child something that won't harm them and that's not useless. How much more will your sinless, selfless, all-knowing, wise father give a good thing when you ask for it? Listen to me. Your father is not a vending machine robotically giving you everything you ask for, regardless if it'll be detrimental to your future 50 years from now. Your father is not a genie reluctantly giving you everything you ask for, knowing it's not good for you. Your father is a father. This is why some of us have anxiety going to prayer, because we think I'm going to get what I ask for. And if I ask for the wrong thing, God's just going to give it to me. And I'm going to regret it later. Listen to me. Of course you'll ask for the wrong thing. You're human. Of course you'll ask for something dumb. Your father is better than that. Your father, even when you ask for the wrong thing, he'll give you the good thing. Our father's the kind of father where if his 12-year-old comes up and says, Daddy, I need to go to school. It's a mile down the road. The father's not going to throw keys at him and say, here's a car. No, no, the father's going to say, no, no, it's not smart for you to be driving right now, so I'm going to drive you. The father's not the kind of father, if his kid comes up to him and says, daddy, I'm thirsty, give me some of that vodka, he ain't going to give him the vodka. Father's going to pass by the vodka, give the child the water because it's good. Your father's good. So for those of us who've been disappointed in prayer, we're probably younger adults. Listen to me, it was good. I know you didn't get what you prayed for, but it was good. I know you didn't end up in the city you wanted to end up in. It was good. I know you didn't end up with the person or at the job you wanted to end up in. It was good. And I pray that one day you have that moment where you can look back with holy hindsight and see it disappointed me, but it was good. Oh, oh! just look around the room. There are Christians who've been with Jesus for a long time who look back and say, I prayed about everything. I was disappointed by some things, surprised by other things, but all of it was good. The, the disappointments were good. I'm glad I didn't end up with that man. That's good. I'm glad I didn't end up in that job. That's good. The surprises are another thing. This ain't where I thought I'd be in my 50s. This isn't where I thought I'd be in my 40s, but it's good. All of it is good. Whatever he does after you come to him, it's good. He'll do what you ask and it's good. He won't do what you ask and it's good. He'll do it when you want and it's good. He won't do it when you want him to do it and it's good. All of it is good. Why why do we come often and keep it simple? Because the father responds to our prayers with good. And here's the last one and I'm going home. Um, The father shapes us through prayer. Come often and keep it simple because the Father shapes us through prayer. Uh, um, so if you look at the context of these two scriptures we just read, this is all within the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus um, um, being the true Moses and sitting down on a mountain and giving God's true law for his community. He's saying, this is who you're going to be. And he says stuff like, I don't want you to lust. 
I want you to love your neighbor. I want you to pray for those who persecute you. I want you to forgive. I want you to give to the needy. His, his dominant thought was be holy as your father's holy. Be, be perfect as your father's perfect. And it's in that context that he says, ask for it and you'll receive it. Yes. D.A. Carson says the context lets us know that the asking and receiving is the holiness that Jesus just casted a vision for. So Jesus saying, I just told you what it meant to be holy. Ask for it and you'll receive it. The Father will give you a good thing when you ask for it. Actually, in Luke 11, that's why it says the Father will give you the Holy Spirit. So, so I told you to, this is holiness. Ask for it and the Father will give you the Spirit who makes you holy. The Father responds to our request to be holy by making us holy. That's not it. Uh, Martin Luther, he says that prayer isn't for our instruction. I mean, prayer isn't for the Father's instruction. It's for our instruction. The, the, the Father teaches you. The Father instructs you through prayer. The Father perfects you through the practice of prayer. Pr- prayer is practice. Uh, through prayer, the Father gives us practice in depending on him by having us come and ask him for stuff. Through prayer, the Father gives us practice and submission to him by having us trust whatever he does after our request. Through prayer, the Father teaches us endurance by having us come day in and day out. The Father perfects us through the practice of prayer. Y'all have heard me talk about my one of my favorite metaphors in the scripture is, is Isaiah 65 where they say, Our Father, you're the potter and we're the clay. You've seen how a potter works. They'll have that spinny wheel with the pedal on it and they'll pedal and that thing will spin and they'll take that lump of clay and they'll put it on that wheel and they'll put their hands on it and they'll shape it. Prayer is the place where the father puts his hands on us and shapes us. Every time we get down on our knees to pray, we're, we're placing ourselves on the father's will and he puts our hands on us and he says, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to shape you to depend on me. I'm going to shape you to trust me. I'm going to, I'm going to shape you to give me glory. Every time we see that we have a rough edge and we ask God to smooth it out, he puts his hands on us. We say, Father, I've got some hate over here. I'm going to need you to give me some love and he'll put his hand on you and smooth you out. Father, I've got forgiveness issues. I I need you to help me forgive. He'll put his hands on you and, and, and smooth you out. Prayer is the place where the Father puts his hands on you and shapes you. So listen to me, parents. You want to raise godly children? Don't just teach them how to act. Teach them how to pray. You teach them how to pray. The Father will make them holy. You teach them how to pray. Our Father, give me these things you've told me you want me to be. He'll do it. You, You teach them to pray. Father, give me the Holy Spirit. They'll do it. You teach them to just get down on their knees and pray. And the mere act God will use to develop them. Teach them to pray. Listen, this might be the answer to our prayers that we've missed. We've been praying for so long. Father, take this struggle away from me. Sometimes he does it. A lot of the times he don't. And when he doesn't take the struggle away, we could get so fixated on him not taking the struggle away that we've missed that he's given us the spirit. Most of the time we ask the father to take the struggle away so we can stop doing some stuff. The father says, no, no, I'm going to give you the spirit so you can start doing some stuff. You, you say, father, take this anger away from me so I can stop being mad at my wife. He's saying, so no, that's not enough. I'm going to put my spirit in you so you can love your wife. 
Father, take, take, take this, this lust away from me so I can stop looking at women. No, no. I'm going to put my spirit in you so you can live righteously among all people. Father, take this away from me so I can stop. He says, no, I'm giving you my spirit so you can start. This might be the prayer request that we've missed. He's given us his spirit. And it's with his spirit that he makes us holy. It's with the spirit that he gives us love. It's with the spirit that he gives us peace. It's, it's the fruits of the spirit, not the fruit of him just taking stuff out of us. It comes with the spirit. Why do we come often and keep it simple? Because the father shapes us in prayer. We're praying to a good father with a big heart and a big mind. His heart for us is unfathomable. His mind is unsearchable. He's only good to us. He knows all things. So that's why we come often and keep it simple.